welcome to the 25th episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. For this episode, I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Jordan Lynch. You may have heard him on previous episodes in season one. Well, anyways, we have a very fun and exciting episode for you guys. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Yo, yo. How's it going, brother? It's going well, brother. How are you? Can't complain. Yeah, man. It's great to have you back on. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's always fun just to talk, and there's not much we can do during this time, so if we can (laughs) communicate, you know, we got to make the most of it. You kind of introduced what I wanted to discuss with you, because you said during this time, there's not much to do, right? Right. So I want to know, for you, during this quarantine... I know you're a big music enthusiast. Yeah. You know, you're you're my you're my music guy. So what's been your quarantine soundtrack so far? What have you been listening to? Uh that's an interesting question. Um I feel like there's been artists putting out music during okay. this time. Okay. Uh I feel like for artists, like putting out music during this time is is a good thing. Because, like, okay. everyone's home, you know, there's nothing else to do. So might as well stream the music while they're running or working out from home. Um, but really and truly, uh, what I've been listening to, let me just go into my iTunes. Because, like, people, I'm surprised that, like, the biggest artists aren't dropping, really and truly. But artists are still putting out music, really and truly. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed um, Black's. A uh, little EP that he just put out recently. Okay. Uh, Tiana Taylor's uh, project that she put out of the album. It was good to see okay. her. Uh, yeah, I heard a lot about that one. Yeah, it was nice to see her actually put out a full project that wasn't really like fully controlled by like Kanye or fully produced yeah. by Kanye. Uh, it was a bit lengthy, but it was still a good project. Um, one project that like stood out to me really and truly is um. Sai Ari the Kid, uh, he put okay. out this project called um, a Toxic Heartbreak. And like yeah. he utilizes some like good like throwback samples and everything. And it's just like, it's like that trap R&B, you know? It's like gives you like Bryson Tiller vibes. Yeah. Right? Um, Drake had his, his demo tape, which is like a warm up for whenever he drops. Yeah, um, I like that one. Yeah. That, that was a good project. Um, yeah, but other than that, like my favorite artist right now, I would say is Little Baby. So from from my turn when he dropped my turn uh, early early this year, I've still been listening to that project. Gunna as well. Gunna is a great artist, so it's hard not to listen to Little Baby and Gunna. They're like the yeah. two in competition right now. And other than that, you know, whatever is coming out on Friday, I'm listening to music. You know what I mean? New Music Friday, I'm probably gonna be listening. How about you, though? Yeah. For me, I've mostly been listening to The Weeknd. Uh, he dropped After Hours back in March. Mm-hmm. So that album has been my go-to. Like, every playlist I have, yeah, I have at least a couple of songs off that album on it. That's my early favorite for album of the year. Really, eh? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was a very complete project. There was no skips on it. I could tell, like, obviously, you know, from the last time he... The last album he dropped was... Starboy, and then he had the EP, um, My Dear Melancholy, in 2018. But there's been a bit of gap from when he last dropped music. But 
the fact that he delivered an album like this, it made it worth the wait. Um, I also enjoyed uh, Tory Lane's New Toronto 3. That came out during this time. Really? Uh, uh, I listened to it, but uh, I, it wasn't a project I really went back to. I'll say that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, it wasn't his best work, obviously, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was, like, a pretty solid project. Yeah. Like, you know what's so crazy, bro? A bit of an aside, but, like, this pandemic, I feel like it's been running for so long. It feels like just last year he was doing a quarantine radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah to even think about that, like, totally, like... Besides New Toronto Three, like besides the music, like Toronto, like Tory Lanez has flourished throughout quarantine. Yeah, right. And like, he's had like all these deals. He released New Toronto Three, which was like the last pro- uh, last project on the on the contract that he had mm-hmm. to fulfill. Yeah, and like other than that, like Quarantine Radio, I know he did the YouTube um, live uh, concert. Yeah, like he's he's flourished, and then that's the thing about the quarantine, like. Through this pandemic, some people flourished and some people may have struggled. But it was, like I know there's good and bad that came out of this pandemic, but like it's yeah. good to see that some people have found a way to benefit from it. You know, I thought of uh, uh, Party Next Door and Division. They put out pretty good projects too. Mm-hmm. Um, that Drake demo tape, that one, I thought that was a pretty fire project. Yeah, I enjoy. I enjoyed listening to that. And Future, his album that he put out, it wasn't his best work, but it was all right. Like, it was pretty good. Like, it's mm-hmm. what you come to expect from him. Yeah. And then lately, like, I've been listening to that Pop Smoke album. Mm. And I liked it. I thought I thought, I thought, thought they did a good job on that. Yeah. I like that uh, 50 Executive produced it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For sure. Shout out. Shout out to Fifty, by the way. You know, that's that's my guy. Yeah, I know. That's your guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his birthday was just this week, no? Yeah, Mike. Uh, he's my cancer brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into him a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I wanted but, to go um, back to um, you brought up party, right? And yeah, I party. That, yeah, I know there was a debate. Well, there's always going to be that that R and B debate um, between party and weekend, both being artists from to the Toronto area, right? So yeah, who do you think had the better project? Because I know it's been a debate. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I I know there's a slight bias on your side since you're such a you're so much <laughs> more of a of a weekend fan. Okay, full disclosure, like I do know affiliates of his. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that I'm biased though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I am a fan of the music. Yeah. So you would say? Well, I can... So which project did you say was better, After Hours or um, Party Mobile or Party Mobile? I don't know how you really say it. <laughs> After listening to both of them, yeah, I like Party's project, yeah, but to me, it was like a typical party project, okay, like it was good, don't get me wrong, but like I haven't really seen the evolution of him mm-hmm. from when he first started up until now, right? Well, yeah, I, I got the same type of vibes, like I felt like it was similar to uh Party Next Door 3, uh, yeah. his previous album was it felt like it was an extension of that project or like some tracks that didn't make that album he put on to this project with the addition of new new songs that he recently recorded but for sure i like i was on the side of the weekend's album was um better but like the argument with the weekend is they say that he's gone very poppy like his music is very poppy and it's not much in that r&b realm like i would say he evolved it's like jay-z said on blueprint three yeah you know, people want my old shit. 
buy right. my old albums, right? Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, let's just say he kept the sound the same from when he first came on up until now, right? Mm-hmm. People will just say, well, he hasn't evolved as an artist. Like, look how we're talking about Party right now, right? Yeah. So with The weekend, I feel like what he does is with each project, he tries to reinvent himself as a character. Mm-hmm. So at this phase or at this stage in his career, this is kind of the character, the angle that he was going for, right? Yeah, yeah. So did he go poppy? Yeah, like he went mainstream. Yeah. But at the same time, when you break down the lyrics and his delivery, yeah, it's still the authentic weekend that we've come to know. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. And like also, like I feel like weekend, like he's a bigger star, of course, right? And he's oh, almost, big time. Yeah. and he's also like in his own lane. Well, yeah. whereas party is like still under that like OVO, you know, umbrella. And also he's yeah. still like under Drake, regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it's another thing, like I know like we say like recently I feel like Drake's not really doing much for the OVO team. Like I feel like a lot of people that are under the OVO camp aren't really thriving. Like yeah. I know like when Drake fully announced, like, the team, the whole OVO, like, he had the whole summer fest and he brought them all out, like, yeah. and they're all putting up projects, that's when the team was at its peak. But from then until now, like, I, I feel like the team's not getting the same recognition. Like, yeah, you look at the vision when he first came out, his first couple of projects, like, he was up there, right? Yeah. Party, same way, Magic Jordan. Uh, Roy Woods, but since then, like I feel like they put out projects, but they're not getting that global recognition anymore, yeah. right? And it's it's unfortunate. Like I feel like almost people in the weekends camp with XO are almost doing better per se. You make a very fair point, and I I have a theory as to why that is, and you can actually lo- look to history to kind of see what I'm saying. So when you have an artist like Drake, like Drake. Like, there's artists who, they come and go, right? Yeah. But there's artists that, they just become a moment, right? Right. So, I'll give an example, like, Jay-Z. Like, Mm -hmm. he had his moment. But he's, what he's been able to do is he's been able to maintain that consistency where he's always, where he's always going to be relevant, right? Yeah. But then you look at a guy like 50 Cent. He had his moment from 03 to 07. Like, that was his moment, right? Like, Lil Wayne. He was a moment, but he's always, but he's managed to maintain that relevancy, right? So with Drake, like these artists are like, they're larger than life. Yeah. That when you come up under them, it's very hard to share that spotlight with them because the spotlight is just so big on them that it just naturally will dim your light. So when you look at a guy like 50, let's just say like he was so popular at that time. Yeah. That Young Buck, Lloyd Banks, Yayo, like those guys, they got a little bit of shine, but it was never enough to flourish. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean there. Yeah. You, you see a guy like Jay Z, like he was, it was the same thing. The guys coming up under him, like Beanie Siegel, yeah. Memphis Bleak, Chris yeah, and yeah. Neef, those guys were good. Yeah. And they, but they could never really reach that level of success because they were under such a bright light. Mm. So when you see with Drake, like Drake is, is larger than life. Right. And it's so so it's hard for a guy like Party and Division and Magic Jordan for these guys to find their footing when they're under him. Yeah. And I think and I think with an artist like The Weeknd, he probably was able to see the forest through the trees and he knew that's what it would be. Yeah. 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 So he so he looked at it like 
I would rather be my own guy and be the Drake of my situation than be the party of his situation. Of course. Yeah. Because the weekend, when you look at him and you look at what he became, he had like, there's two different trajectories. He could have became what we know him to be now, or he could have became party. Yeah. So I think he made the right choice. Right. And I yeah. think he probably, I think he saw it the way that I see it. I can't even knock Drake. Like there is a lot that I think there is more that he could do for them. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's just such a big star. Right. It's so hard. It's so hard to stand out underneath him. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. And like, and, and weekend's decision to to uh, go off to the side and be his own star, like that's going to be his career-defining moment, really and truly. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, like he would have been just what party is today, writing for different artists, making his songs here and there. But would it? Will it be get to the level that it got to? If he was a solo artist, no. Yeah, right? yeah so. I don't think so. Yeah, he's kind of having that same problem with EXO, but it's not as noticeable as what's going on with OVO. Yeah, because I think he allows those guys to kind of do the build and develop their own shine. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah. I've been to like some of like Nav and 88 Glam, like I've been to their events and like their release parties. Right, and you don't really and the weekend is nowhere in sight, and yeah. it's not because he doesn't support them; it's because he doesn't. I believe he doesn't want to take away. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a distraction from what they're doing. He wants to focus to be on them. For sure. And he wa- he wants them to do the groundwork and to build up their following and to build up their audience. Yeah. And the last tour he did, the Legend of the Fall tour, he had Nav opening for him. Right. So he gives these guys their shine. And the tour that he was going to have this year before it got uh, postponed because of the pandemic. Yeah. He was gonna have 88 glam open for him. Right. So he puts he puts his guys on, but he also kind of steps aside and allows them to flourish too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Drake, so, I don't wanna like harp on Drake uh too much. Like I feel like he does it too. Yeah. It just might not work out as well. I don't know what yeah. it really is. But yeah, I feel feel like 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 you said uh previously, like it just comes back that that whole he's just bigger than a star the biggest star you know what i mean like yeah when you look back at jay-z and 50 and them having their team and just the team not being the stars that 50 was or jay-z was right yeah but, yeah for sure i agree so yeah so while we're on the topic of music you know uh before we kind of got into that conversation that uh pop smoke album yeah yeah we can talk about that we can segue into that one yeah 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 there's one part in particular i mean I thought 50 did a good job of executive producing it. For sure. But I guess there was a bonus track on there where Pushy T was sending some, some not shots, so subliminal eh? shots at Drake. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, are you, what is your thoughts on the whole situation and then the falling out with a young thug after? Right. So, yeah, uh, I didn't know much about the situation, but then like just listening to everything unfold. Uh, so I heard the Pusha T leak on like Twitter or something, right? And then like mm-hmm. him bringing out Mississauga and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's like his his normal his normal like shots uh, towards yeah. Drake subliminally. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, like the whole thing is like, and now Pusha T's coming out saying, "All right, leave me off the deluxe," because I believe it was supposed to come out on the deluxe project. Yeah. All right, and now he's saying, with this how it unfolded with Young Thug getting at. Uh, Pusha T for dissing uh, Drake on a Pusha T's album when the beef should be, you know, it should be separate. You know, this album was about, was supposed to be all about Pop Smoke and his passing and just focusing on saluting the artist that we lost, right? 
So I understand Young Thug's argument of like, you shouldn't use this feature to get at Drake. You, could, you should use like your own song or just leave it off the project, right? But like, at the end of the day, like as I thought about it, like rapping's rapping, you know what I mean? If he's going to get yeah. off a verse, he's going to get off a verse and he's going to say what he wants. Well, say what he wants, regardless, you know what I mean? It's a song at the end of the day and however he wants to go about making the song is how he's going to go about making the song, right? So yeah. like I understand like both sides to it. I wanted to see like your input on it. Do you feel like Pusha should, shouldn't be, and also like, do you feel like Pusha shouldn't be using another another artist's album to take shots at an artist is my first question. Okay. And my second question is, do you think Pusha T is dragging on this Drake beef to stay relevant? And I'm going to tackle them. So the first one, like, here's my thing. When Pop Smoke passed away, this project was meant to commemorate him and his legacy on what would have been, right? Yeah. The project is designed to turn a negative situation into something positive you're commemorating someone right so if you are a part of this project then i think you have an obligation where you have to maintain you have to maintain a certain level of respect for the project that's not your own right you're just there to help them see through a a particular vision right so why would you go on a deceased rapper's project and go do that so for me, I, I don't like that he did it. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, rap is rap. And at the end of the day, it's about spitting bars, right? But this is someone else's legacy that you're getting a chance to be a part of. Don't make it into something negative. Yeah. Because it's just a certain level of respect you have to have. This is almost a musical funeral in a way. Yeah. So you want to keep it positive. You want to keep it respectful. And that's what yeah. like, the project, the direction of the project was kind of felt like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And what I don't like is how now he's trying to make it about himself like, oh, take me off of take mm-hmm. me off of the bonus. I don't want to be on it anymore. Yeah. Why not just say, I get what you guys are saying. I'm going to rework my verse and let's try to try to come correct instead of trying to take the attention off of the project and pop smokes life and making it about you. That sounds a little bit like clout chasing, which brings me to the second question right. that you asked me. Is he dragging it on? Yeah. In a short answer, yes, absolutely. But I'm not surprised that he's dragging it on because this is who he is. Mm-hmm. And I've said this about Pusha T for many years, and I'm going to say it again. Yeah. I think the guy's a loser, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, since he came into the game, he's been rapping about the same stuff. Like, he's been selling coke, like he's Pablo Escobar or El right. Chapo, whatever he thinks he is, right? Right. And he's been riding that same wave. Mind you, he never sold anything. It was... Was it his brother or his cousin or something? He got ties. That's all I know. Some ties, but it may not be him. (laughs) It's not him. I know for sure it's not him, but he has ties to someone that was doing it. So you've been riding that wave for almost two decades. So fast forward now a couple of years ago, you have this beef with Drake. You get a little bit of internet buzz because you get him with that track, uh, Story of Added On. Yeah. And ever since then, you've just been riding that. And then you've been subliminally not so subliminally taking shots at Drake. And I'm like, when you do that, you're kind of taking away the win that you got yourself. Of course. Because now it's... Because the bars on... Because I heard that verse on Twitter as well, the one yeah. on Pop Smoke. The bars mm-hmm. were trash, bro. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah, yeah he, he, utilizes, he utilizes that, like, his that usual flow that he does, but he tried yeah. to, like, reword things so, so it 
it rhymed and it made sense, but and he tried to throw some patois in there. Like yeah. it was just it was it was bad, bro. Just you know, leave Drake's name out of your mouth. You put his business out there. You forced it. You forced his hand. You made him have to reveal his kid. What more do you want? Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. And I and I, and I agree. Like I feel like it's almost like a a rollout for him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now we have people talking about him. Like I've listened to at least five podcasts this week, and Pusha's Pusha T's name came up. Right. Yeah. So it's it, like he's the top of the discussion. So at the end of the day, like him trolling or him continuing this beef keeps him relevant at the end of the day. Yeah. All in all, to take away from that whole push a T debacle, I feel like rest in peace. First of all, most rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Yeah, rest in and peace. And it, it was a great project. It was very uplifting. And the kid had a lot of talent. And it's, it's unfortunate, really, if he had the opportunity to work, to work with different artists, if he had a, opportunity to be on demons the drake song uh, with fabio like i feel yeah. like that takes that song to an even bigger level you know what i mean today actually they caught i think they made an arrest of five people who are connected to his murder yeah it was like so, three adults and two children i i think yeah. yeah so hopefully you know some justice can be served there because it, it is very tragic you know like someone who had so much potential and then yeah they just lose their life it's it's, it's very sad this next topic I want to jump into with you. This one is a little bit more lighthearted, I would say. Okay. But <laughs> this whole Jada Pinkett Smith and August Alsina thing, what yeah. like that whole situation between them. I want to know, what are your thoughts on it? Whose side do you fall on here? Mm, okay. Well, this was an interesting uh, story that took over uh, social media <laughs> to over say the, the last least, couple yeah. of weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember, like, what I was on I came back from a walk or something and um I seen the timeline and I seen August was trending or Jada one of them was trending I think it was Jada and I'm like why is probably yeah probably both I'm like why why is he trending and then I like I'm searching to see what was announced and because like I I knew about the whole situation previously like when they talked about it on like the red talk table um when they just, I don't know, like August was around. Like I knew he was around the family and there was the rumors that uh, came about, right? Yeah. But then I, I came across the interview with um, with August and Angela Yee, right? Yeah. And I mean, even, like even watching the interview, I was still confused because they were talking in like, I don't yeah, different a different type of language, some spiritual <laughs> higher higher power. <laughs> type yeah. of language really and truly like they were just saying things but they weren't saying anything at the same time yeah. it was a lot of words but nothing being spoken right right exactly um to talk about the situation let's see i feel like it's definitely definitely weird it's a new era of relationships but i feel like jada and will have an understanding that's just above any normal couple, I would say, or normal marriage, right? And yeah, I just tradi- feel... I'd say traditional, yeah. Yeah, traditional marriage. Um, And I feel like it just stems from them both being celebrities for a long period of their life, right? Right. You see Will acting, right? And he, him being around top models, celebrities, famous actress, and... I feel like it just got to the point where they, and Jada as well, like you've seen her, like her whole Tupac situation and her being around. I'm not sure of her, 
her history, but I'm sure she's been around male celebrities as well, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. So I just feel like it got to a point where they just have a, a open understanding of their relationship, right? And you see yeah. they go about raising Willow and Jaden, and I think there's another one, but no one knows about the other one, um, how they go about raising their children and they do it in a different way. And I feel like they're trying to put forth just this different type of love that could still operate and yeah. still like keep it, keep the relationship healthy in a way. You know what I mean? But will I say I agree with it? It's just, it's just like, I'm just used to the traditional marriage yeah. and traditional relationships. So I can't say I'm, I agree with their way of, of love or mm-hmm. marriage per se. And yeah. It's it's definitely it's definitely a weird situation to be in. Like I, I don't understand yeah. how you can just Will, for example, like I like I put myself in Will's shoes, right? I don't yeah. understand how you could just have a young man like August around the house, around your wife, around your kids, going on trips and vacations and like they'll be flirting and like they say it's it's spiritual and it's just they're helping and Jada's just helping August out. But like I just I just it's just weird. Like as a man like that, I couldn't let that rock because yeah, my ego would kick in, jealousy would kick in and stuff like that. Like I I just don't think I would be able to accept that. No, right? Never. Like yeah, same. Like for me, if it ever got to a point where well, I'm not married now, but if like if I ever got to a point where like my wife ever came to me and suggested let's have an open marriage, yeah, honestly, I would just say let's just let me let's just get some divorce papers and let's just put an end to this thing because I couldn't even imagine another dude piping down my wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. And like, like I I feel like it got it may have got to the point where like they're bored with each other. You know what I mean? Because they've been together for how long they experienced mm-hmm. everything that someone could possibly experience in a lifetime together but i just feel like that's just not the way you know what i mean I, at no, the end of the day the, the only thing you can hold on to is that the marriage is the bond between two people right yeah and that as at the end of the day you know you could be mad angry whatever sad at, at that person at the end of the day you still have that one person to to be with you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, just to bring, casually bring someone else into that circle, it just, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, then the second half of the question, that was based on who who do I blame or who do I, like, who yeah, side like am who, I on? Who side am I Yeah, right? whose side do you think, like, yeah, like, do you think you're more on the August side where you agree with what he's saying or do you kind of see him more from the perspective of Jada? <laughs> Um, it's it's interesting because I feel like um August is almost like he's like the fan girl in yeah. this situation. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like um he's probably been a fan of Jada his whole life, and he's I don't know like ten plus years younger than Jada, yeah. so that's like almost like it's like a cougar situation. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because she's forty eight, he's twenty seven, I think. Right. So if you look at that like that, it's almost like. I don't want to say it's Jada taking advantage yeah. of him, but it, 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 it comes across like that. You know what yeah. I mean? I, like, one thing I do want to say, though, is that this dynamic is happens more often than we think. Oh, like for sure. You will, 
like you'll find women like in their like in their forties trying to go at the younger men in their late twenties, right? So yeah. this is something that happens more often than we than than, than you would think. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's 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 very common. Like for a yeah, definitely a cougar or some would call <laughs> yeah. it a, a milf to go for just the, yeah. the young the young male. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you see, but it's with, weird because it's in a marriage. And it's Will and Jada, you know, what yeah. I mean? the the goals of everyone. <laughs> yeah. So this is for me, like when I think about this whole situation, I've I've been sitting on the fence, mm-hmm. and I kind of have mixed emotions. But what I will say is, I think they're both at fault, but there's uh, different reasons why. Okay. So, so when you I'm say gonna... both, you say Jada and August. Yes. Okay. I think they both play a role in this, and I'm gonna explain why. Okay. When they started this, I guess, relationship that they had or whatever you want to call it, it started off as her trying to help him heal and help him uh, fix the issues in his life, right? That's what he said. That was the genesis of their relationship. So do I believe that she took advantage of him while he was in a vulnerable state? I do. Okay. When you're that vulnerable, and I've never been dealing with the issues that August has been dealing with, but I could imagine that when you're feeling that low like how he felt like his health was failing him and he was dealing with a lot of interpersonal issues even like uh, issues with his family and you feel that low and then this person comes to you and they're comforting you and they're helping you work through it right it is very easy to fall in love or at least develop an infatuation for that person which is what i think happened to him and i think jada she probably liked something about him and she understood that, yes, he's in a vulnerable state, but she also had some attraction to him. So I think she made her move. I think she put it out there to him that this is what she wanted, right? Yeah. Now, in terms of Jada and Will's marriage, like we've been hearing it for years that they had an open marriage. Yeah. But it's just that there was never real. There's there has never really been a whistleblower, right? Mm-hmm. But I think while she was seducing August or at least bringing these talks to him, mm-hmm. I think she told him that we can never be more than what this is, which is essentially friends with benefits, right? Yeah. And I do think he had that conversation with Will. And I do think Will kind of reinforced it. You know, maybe he had some hesitance because Will was there. So maybe she got Will to talk to him to let his guard down, take it easy, relax, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to use the word predator. I don't think she was being a predator, but she Mm -hmm. was definitely a cougar on the hunt. I'll say that. Right, right, right. And I think once August had that conversation with Will, I think that made him comfortable to proceed with whatever they were going to do next, right? Mm. But this is not where it becomes his fault. Yeah. Now, assuming everything that we're saying is true, right? Yeah. If she was transparent and she told you... Sorry. Are we saying that they had sex? Or they were just, like, playing around, flirting? I, I, I think he piped. I, I think okay, so the, yes, you yes, said they're intimate. Yes, they okay. smashed. Yes, I all think right, they got right. intimate. I think they smashed. All right, a proceed. whole lot of, a, a whole lot of times. Yes. <laughs> proceed, proceed. And I think the fact that he was vulnerable and she brought it to him and all this stuff was going on yeah. created some kind of confusion in his mind yeah. that he started to think that they could be more than what they were. Even okay. though she made it abundantly clear it'll never be more than this, Yeah, I think he caught feelings, right? This is the thing with friends with benefits that makes it complicated or makes it hard to maintain someone ends up catching feelings and it changes the dynamic i think that's what happened with them i think he caught feelings he fell in love with her he was hoping that she would get out of her marriage with will because she probably pillow talked to him and told him it's just a life partnership whatever and he probably thought 
okay, you're just with him for the sake of being with him. Right. We have real love. You should come with me. Yeah. But she's thinking, no, it doesn't work that way. Right, right, right. Right? Like, I built a life with this guy. We have a family together. You can't just leave. Right. Right? So right. I think that's the part where he's at fault, that he let his emotions get involved and he caught feelings. And even though she told you what it was, you still went against it anyways. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. And then that's the one thing that I did took did take from that confusing-ass interview was that yeah. <laughs> he... he uh, he said um, he, he gave his all to Jada and he's uh, ready to die. So clearly yeah. he, he's good. He's fine to die right now if he if it ever happens, knock on wood. But so clearly, like you said, he was he got in too deep. Right. And he tried yes. to make it more more than what the situation was. Yeah. More than what they agreed to at the time. Yeah. Right? Once a dude says I'm willing to die knowing I gave him my all. Yeah. That means he's willing to die because he know he smashed it enough times that he feels content. Simply. That's it. That's all it was. For him, it didn't go beyond the smashing. I think that's where his problem was. It never went beyond the smashing. I think, yeah. do I, this is, okay, if we were to believe that Will and Jada have an open marriage, with, which I believe, mm-hmm. this is not her first rodeo. So she knows how to handle these things. She knows how to move, right? Yeah. She knows how to just keep it strictly just the friends with benefits you know what i mean she knows how to keep it on that level she's a veteran yeah august i think this was a whole new dynamic for him he's never been in a situation like this before in his life well yeah because he's usually used to being as an r&b artist he's probably used to being the top guy the guy of course on the back burner you know what i mean yeah but now that he was put in this situation i think he just he fell in love you know what i mean for sure i mean we'll, we'll see what uh she says on the Jada versus Jada red yeah. table talk when she's talking yeah. to herself, we'll have to wait and see more, right? But honestly, like, I think the, another part where he kind of messed up is like, man, like, he he aired them out. Like, I, I mean, but that's the next thing, was did he do this knowing that it would bring attention to his album that I don't know the name of? <laughs> <laughs> but... Was it almost like you could look at it as this way? Was this an album rollout or a way to just bring his notoriety back? You know what I mean? Like, we knew about I August so. back in the day when BET, when they had Chris Brown, August, Trey Song, and they're like the big mm-hmm. three. But yeah. since then, he's he's been nobody. So this mm-hmm. little opportunity to be a whistleblower and blow up Jada and Will was probably like that one opportunity for him to be like, yo, this is my time to shine. And this is how I'm going to do it, you know? It's a hundred percent. I think he did this for his album because I just looked it up now. His album is called the product three state of emergency. And I guess he also, (laughs) yeah, product three. Yeah. State of emergency. And I think he also started like some vlog on YouTube. Okay. Right. So this is 100% for an album rollout because we've known about him and Jada. We had ideas about him and Jada from years ago. Exactly. Why are you coming out with it no. now? Yeah, yeah. It's because you want to sell some records and you want to get your streaming numbers up. That's just what it is, right? Yeah. So for me, I would say Jada was wrong and I put her at fault because she did take advantage of his vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone is vulnerable and you take advantage, there's always that possibility that they could catch feelings or it can go sideways. For sure. Because a vulnerable state is not a good state to be in. So that's where her fault was. But then it's also his fault for even catching feelings in the first place. I agree. I agree. 
right now he's kind of making himself sound like like an industry hoe, like one of those people that write tell-all books. Yeah, yeah. That's what, like, yeah, like we, we see it from the women's uh, side when they try to do it, but now it's, it's nice yeah. to see a, a male point of view trying to do the, the whole tell-all situation. Yeah. So another topic I want to get into earlier, we were talking about uh, my guy 50. Yeah. So him and T.I. have been going, well, not really him and T.I. It's more so on T.I.'s side, but T.I. is really trying to get this versus battle thing going yeah. with him. Yeah. So if they had this battle, who do you think would win? Uh, it's tough. It's almost like a, uh, like Atlanta Southern rap versus New York. Yeah. It really, like, uh, I've been watching a lot of these um, versus battles that, that have been going on uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, shout out to yeah. Swizz putting that all together yeah. like it's been pretty it's been pretty sick um it, it all depends like i they're both charismatic people that know how to entertain a crowd and like you've seen last week's battle with jada and fab like jada yeah like he was a showman right he had all their charisma mm-hmm. and it was like a lot of the joke that was on twitter was like jada was like drunk and like yeah. Fab was like the weed when you're high, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the yeah. up and the down. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, yeah, back to like Ti and Fifty though. Like they're both like competitors. They know how to talk. They know how to be showmen. So it, it'd be a good battle, and it'd be tough. But really and truly, like I think I'd have to go with, go with Fifty. Yeah. I'd have to go with Fifty, man. I think so as well. And I don't like I would go Fifty as well. But I'm gonna kind of break down why I think so. Yeah. And again. I know people might think that I'm being biased. There is no bias. <laughs> when I look at 50, yeah. he's more of the artist that he put out. Like, he was a complete artist that made great albums. So he made great albums that had, like, they had hits on them, but they also had sleeper hits. Like, they were just good projects, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, Get Rich or Die Try, Massacre, Curtis. Like, those were good albums. Yeah. The thing with T.I., I always looked at T.I. as more of a singles artist. Okay. Like, so he put out a lot of albums and he was more, I would say, I guess, more consistent in that regard. But those albums were more headlined by their singles. And that's what you knew him more for as. Like, what you know about Mm -hmm. that? That was a good single. But was it a great album? Like, what album was that even on? More people can tell you the single than the album. Mm -hmm. And I find that's the case with T.I. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and I, like, I feel like Fifty could just play "Get Rich or Die Trying" from one to thank you to, to one to fifteen, exactly. the whole the whole project, and, and win the battle almost. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and then if he has to bring out the hits from the massacre, and then he has to bring out the hits from yeah. Curtis, and, and then he has Dre, the he has Eminem, like you know. Yes. Yeah. And then the mixtapes. Yeah. So it's like if I, now that I'm really breaking it down <laughs> like this, like I don't even see how Ti can win. Yeah. And. I think the reason why T.I. is really pushing for this battle yeah. is because, again, I guess the theme of today's episode is a clout chasing and attention seeking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but, that's the new game, though. At the end yeah, of the day, that's what all these artists, all these uh, Instagram influencers, that's what they always chase. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it seems to so, be working. With T.I., yeah, and so with T.I., he sees the attention that some of these other artists are getting yeah. from these versus battles, right? Yeah. So I think T.I. is like, you know, I want, I want to get in on some of that. Sure. And if you look, 50 Cent, he makes Instagram entertaining as hell. Like the stuff he posts, the things he says. So T.I. is probably thinking, if I can do a versus battle and at the same time align myself with a social media presence like 50, yeah. 
T.I. knows that would be good publicity yeah. for him. Yeah, 50, 50 doesn't I, need this. It's more T.I. needs He that. doesn't. Yeah. Thank you. And that's literally the next point I want to make is, like, I really don't see 50 doing this. Like, I think, personally, from my understanding of 50, is that he kind of views himself in the same realm as, like, the Jay-Z, the Wayne, mm-hmm. the Nas, and these other all-time greats, yeah. right? I guarantee if he had the opportunity to do a versus battle with one of those guys, he would yeah. do it. But those guys probably wouldn't even do something like this, yeah. right? So I just don't think he looks at a guy like T.I. and says, like, this guy's on my yeah. level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, with some of these OGs, like, looking at T.I., like, they're finding ways to stay relevant. You know what I mean? Like, whether it's, yeah. like, there's the moguls. There's the 50s. There's the Jay and the Drake. Mm-hmm. It's just natural. Whatever they do, whatever they put their, their hand on, like, it turns to gold, yeah. right? But with some yeah. of the guys that kind of fall short, of being a mogul, the TIs, like they're just trying yeah. to find ways to stay relevant, whether it's a podcast or or sports media analysts or something. They're trying to find a yeah. way to, to stay relevant, right? And that's something that they, ba- I feel like a lot of OGs battle staying relevant during as they age, you know, as they age into, like I feel like they don't know how to just go well. Some do, but some struggle right. with it for sure. They don't know how to go aggressive. And you know, one thing I find that T.I. is doing, he's really playing to the woke Twitter crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's, yeah. That's the lane he's trying to go to. He's trying to become, like, I guess, a hip-hop woke activist. Yeah. We'll, we'll finish it off with this. July 30th, the season is supposed to come yeah. back. Do you believe it's coming back? Um, well, it's funny, right? Today, which you've probably seen, um, they've all, like, reported to like campus it's like almost like when you like went away for school <laughs> they're all like yeah. in their their uh their backpack showing their their dorm room and everything like it's 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 yeah. honestly been like funny to see like like i looked at lou williams and there was a video that lou williams posted he had like a bunch of candy and snacks he had a studio set up his ps4 and everything yeah. And then, like, I see yeah. uh, Terrence Ross um, showing, like, the game room and everything. And it's, like, it's, it's, it's just crazy to me. Like, we have, like, grown men, yeah. like, and they're almost treating them like, 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 like college students. You know what I mean? Like, going off to yeah. do a whole tournament. And uh, um, yeah. uh, there was a funny post from uh, your guy, LeBron James. <laughs> and he was, like, uh, it was something along the lines of, just just left the crib to head to the bubble. Yeah. Shit felt like I'm headed to do a right, bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I seen uh Damon Lillard posted something similar too. And and, and, and they're not wrong. <laughs> like like they have all these restrictions. They can't do go they can't leave the bubble. They can't go see their family, do regular things. And it's like they're just trapped there for one cause. Play basketball, find out a championship. We need to get these views, and that's that. But to answer your yeah. question, do I feel like the season will happen? I feel like they'll have a few games here and there. Um, but I feel like it'll come down to the point where it's going to be hard to contain it. You know what I mean? This thing's constantly yeah. spreading. There's people getting COVID here and there. And there's still positive yeah. testing that are happening. And I feel like it'll just be tough to maintain. Like I'm seeing in the MLS, teams are dropping out. 
like there's Nashville yeah. FC. Um, they had to drop out because they had like nine positive tests. So they had to leave Orlando. Wow. So if things like that happen where a LeBron James, a Kawhi Leonard, a, a Giannis, uh, James Harden gets tested positive and it's in the heat of the moment, like I don't know where they go from there. Like I feel like it gets to the point where they finish off the nine games maybe to finish the regular yeah. season. But when it gets to playoffs, like I, I just don't think it gets to that point. I said this on the last episode, but I'll uh, reiterate it here. I'm more on the I'll believe it when I see it happening. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I know the players are going there. They're arriving. They're posting their pictures and they're doing all that, yeah. right? And But until I see that whistle blow and that basketball touches the yeah. court, that's when I'll believe it, right. right? But Adam Silver already came out and said, like he repeated this the other day. He said that if there becomes a case where there's an outbreak on the bubble, then we're going to have to shut the season down, yeah. right? Yeah. So we'll see. Like, the, like these players, I like I know they're living like college kids in a yeah. dorm and they're going to be away from their families. Yeah. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like you're making millions of dollars to play basketball. Sure. And not many of them are going to be there the whole time. Like, if you don't make the playoffs, after a couple of weeks, like, after the eight games are done, you're going back yeah, home. Yeah, so even before that. You know what I mean? Really and truly. Yeah. You know, a lot of the teams. Like, so, so really the only teams that are going to feel it are the teams that are making a deep yeah. playoff run and the teams that end up in the finals, if it even gets to exactly. that point, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's not like you guys are in the military and you're halfway around the world and you don't know when you're ever going to see your family mm-hmm. again you have an idea of when you're going to see your family. So you have something to look forward yeah. to. And in terms of the whole pandemic, you have frontline staff, doctors, nurses, yeah. people that, you know, the grocery store clerks, the cashiers yeah. who are facing this thing head on every yeah. single day. Right. And they were doing it for minimum wage. Yeah. I don't want to be insensitive to what they're going yeah. through. But at the same time, when you look at the income that you're making and the opportunity that you're getting, like you're being put in a safe place, all the amenities that you have, you have 24-7, you know, food service. Like you're going to eat meals that people spend hundreds of dollars at at restaurants. You have it pretty good. Just like, so just ride, just ride it out. Yeah, but yeah, it just goes back to the point in our our previous conversation, just money, man. Money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it just yeah. stems not even for the players' money, but just the league's yeah. money. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that they'll be losing so much money is what they can't stand. Yeah. But, like, money at the yeah. end, like, you can't take money into the grave, right? So, no. at the end of the day, like, you got to you gotta take care of the health concerns first before we look at anything else, really and truly. But you know the thing with this? But I've reached a point with this with this virus where, like, you're right ab- about the money. Like, money can't buy back health. Like, you know, your health is your wealth. Yeah. Like, that's the most important thing. But, like, at some point, we're going to have to learn to live with this thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because here's how I look at it. For decades, they've been putting images on cigarette cartons of what this thing is going to do to your lungs if you keep smoking right. it. Has that ever deterred people from not wanting to smoke cigarettes? Nope. But those same people will say, I have to protect my health. I need to wear a mask. We know that there's risks involved. Once you leave your house, you're at risk of anything happening to you. Anything goes. When you go behind your car, you're at risk of something happening to you. When you're out walking the street, you're at risk of something happening to you. 
when you're playing sports, you're at risk of something happening to you. When you're at the gym, like you're once you once you're outside of the confines of your home, the risk of something happening to you intensifies, right? For sure. When you're out in the winter time, there's always that there's always that possibility you're gonna get you might get the flu. Yeah. But do you stop living your life because of the flu? You can't. So at some point, like we can take all the precautions that we can take with this virus, but by all accounts, it looks like this virus is gonna be a part of our our new new life environment. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a part of our reality. It's gonna be a part of it's gonna be there in our vicinity in our environment for who knows many years to come, maybe for the rest of our lives. Who knows, yeah. right? So we have to learn how to live with this thing and how best to protect ourselves rather than you know taking extreme measures like locking people in their homes and shutting everything down. Like it's not like it's I don't think that's a sustainable response in the long right. term. Right. I mean, yeah. So yeah. So I agree and. The only way is to having things happen, right? Do trying things yeah. out, and if and then you have to yeah. work around it. So almost at we're at a point of trial and error. And you know, you hope for the best. Jordan, thank you so much for being part of the Wire to Wire podcast, bro. Thank- Sorry, before you yeah, go, yeah. I know you have a digital event that you were like you were telling me about that you're trying to raise oh, money for, sure. for. Yeah, do you want to talk about yeah, that a I little bit? I can quickly talk about that. Um, so I am running an event. Um, it's called the Virtual Chase. All proceeds go to Princess Margaret Hospital. So we are helping conquer cancer and conquer COVID. So the whole initiative is conquer COVID for cancer. That's where all the okay. funds will be going towards. Okay. So if you go on the website, the website is www.dc8.ca. You can register to take part in the event, which is taking place on July 24th. And as well, you can donate as you will. If you don't want to register to take place in the event, you can donate. It's for a great cause. And I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, sounds like a good initiative. Yeah. For what it's worth, I'll definitely be supporting and donating as well. Yeah. Um, I'll also include the link in the description box in case anyone wants to check it out. You know, support is always appreciated. We need to support good causes like this, definitely. For sure. Yeah. For having it's me again, fun. it's always fun. Yeah, we'll definitely do this more often. We'll get you back on. Appreciate that.